Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Catholic Dating Podcast. This is the last episode of 2023. Last episode, we talked about setting some goals for the new year when it comes to dating. And I said I'm going to be giving a dating challenge every month, just like something to spice up or shake up your dating life because it can seem very monotonous and kind of discouraging almost to just feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again, just like going on the app, swiping, seeing where it goes, yada, yada, yada. So I want to try to share some creative ideas to just pump a little life, a little excitement, a little surprise into your dating life in 2024. Um, So I'm going to share that tip uh, for the month of January momentarily. But first, I want to share a few of your dating goals that you shared with me. So I put on Instagram, share a 2024 dating goal. And here are a few things that people said. Uh, Someone said, mine is simple. Go on at least one date. Yeah. A surprising number of people did not go on any dates in 2023. So if you want to go from zero to one, I'd say that's a very manageable goal. uh, And I think anyone can attain it. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Someone else said literally go on one date. Um, Someone said find a guy, keep a guy. Yeah. This is the kind of goal, and this is nothing to this person specifically, but that's the kind of goal that is a little bit too vague. I mean, I think that's kind of the goal for for everyone, like find someone to be in a long-term relationship with and maintain that long-term relationship. Um, But the question is like, how are you going to go about that? Um, Someone said, (laughs) finding a girl that doesn't take forever to reply. This is, this is a a dear friend of mine and um, I'm trying to encourage him that it's okay if a girl doesn't text back Quickly, that is not a sign of a um, the, the relationship could not work out. Um, we've gotten a little too comfortable with instant communication, instant gratification. And I think especially if you're more of Gen Z, like you can put a little bit too much stock into the texting part of building a connection. And I, I think it's better to just maximize in-person contact. Um, someone said one last first date. Yeah. Isn't that great? And I kind of alternate between like, do you want to go into a first date with the excitement of like, oh, this could be my last first date. I want to make the most of it. Or is that like too much pressure to bring to a first date? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, someone said rest in total surrender. I have, I have done and done some more. And honestly, it's time for just rest and abandonment. Yes. Yes. And, and that's a that's a word for for life in general. But it is like, I don't know I, I used to get really upset when people talk about like detachment and dating. I was like, I don't want to be attached. I want to be attached. That's the point to find someone to attach yourself to. And certainly we, we can be so detached that we don't even like try because we're just sort of like it, it almost becomes a, um, you know, we're like, well, it's, if it's going to work out, it's going to work out whether I try or not. So I'm just not going to try like, you know, you don't want to be on that side of the extreme either. But like, if we really believe in a provident God, um, then then I think there's something really, uh, yeah, really powerful about about um, kind of ironically or paradoxically powerful about rest and surrender. Um, if you've never done the surrender novena, that's a great one. 
Um, I used to like, I mean, I've prayed all those, you know, novenas to find somebody, St. Ian, St. Joseph, St. Raphael, blah, blah, blah. And you can almost get like so obsessive about those of like, oh, let me just find the right novena. And then like, you're like hoping that, you know, you meet somebody on the feast day or, or the day that it ends or whatever. And you can all, I, it almost for me became a means of control. And so I really love the surrender novena because it's, it's kind of the antithesis of that, like trying to engineer an outcome within, you know, nine days or whatever. It's, it's much more about like, I mean, what, what it says, but it's much more about um, really allowing God to be God, I, I would say in your life um, versus treating him as kind of like an input output machine. Okay. And then last person said, get engaged or great break up with current boyfriend hoping for the former. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I, I, I wish you, I wish you the best. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know how long they've been dating, but you know, you want to be careful not to put like too stringent a timeline on it. But at the same time, you know, if you've been dating for like three years, it's like, all right, let's keep it moving. Yeah. Great. Okay. So are you ready for the January dating challenge? The January dating challenge is become a regular. Often people lament about how hard it is to meet someone out in the wild, meet someone in real life. Especially if most of your friends are married, it can be rare to encounter other single people, like even when you socialize. And so my challenge for you in the month of January is to become a regular, which means those places that you kind of go here and there, try to establish a routine so that you are in the same place at the same time on a regular basis to maximize the potential of encountering the same people on a regular basis, which will maximize the potential of um, establishing a connection in like a somewhat organic way. Um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes people get approached in public, but it, it's kind of an intimidating thing. But like, imagine that if you're somebody who, you know, gets coffee every, every morning, you know, at Dunkin' Donuts or something like, um, you know, if somebody sees you every morning at the same time and kind of has, it has it had a chance to sort of notice you and, and whatnot, like that, that might increase their, their likelihood of approaching you or of you approaching them. I feel like you kind of have that routine of like seeing the same person every day around the same time. So a couple suggestions here. One, you know, we'll start with the, the beginning of the day. Okay. If you are somebody who, who actually stops and gets coffee somewhere, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, local coffee shop, um, you know, maybe instead of going through the drive-through, maybe you, you walk into the store every day. Um, maybe if you have the kind of job where you're allowed to work from home, you set aside a few hours in the morning or in the afternoon that you're going to go to the same coffee shop every single day or the same Panera bread every single day, you know, pull up your laptop and, and, and just work and kind of see if you start to see some of the same people doing the same thing. Um, if you are somebody who works out, who goes to the gym, I mean, most people who go to the gym I found are, are pretty routine about when they go, but if you're not, if you're kind of haphazard about the habit, maybe try to say, okay, this is the time every day that I'm going to go to the gym. Um, or maybe if you're someone who already has that habit, like maybe you want to switch it up. Maybe you are seeing the same people at the gym. And if you, if you switch from going, you know, in the morning to going in the evening, you'll, you'll see a different 
crowd of people. So so maybe become a regular at a different time of the day. Um, same thing for like Sunday mass attendance. Um, if you're somebody who goes kind of haphazardly depending on your schedule, try to say, okay, this is the church. This is the time. This is even like the general pew location that I'm going to be every single Sunday. Or if you've been going to, you know, the 10 a.m. every Sunday forever, like maybe you switch to a different mass time and, and become a regular at that mass time and just see if there's, you know, different people that you encounter. Maybe become a regular at, at a bar that has trivia night every Tuesday or, um, you know, open mic night or, um, you know, you know so, something that like w- would attract a, a fairly wholesome crowd. You know, I, I think we can often put off the bar scene as like kind of um, trashy, but there's a lot of just young people who who go to bars for, for a very wholesome good time. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are going to sports bars with their friends and maybe watching a game. You know, if, if we're talking about like a nightclub, that's probably a different vibe. But like there's a lot of bars that just attract kind of the young working profe- single working professionals. So maybe grab a group of friends and make it a point to hit trivia night every week at the bar or hit um, happy hour or something like that. You know, we're not, we're not talking about being at the bar at two in the morning, but if you go to the bar, like when I, at my old job, like me and my coworkers would always go uh, to like pint night on Thursdays, like after work. So we were there at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and, it, you know, it wasn't some kind of uh, shady thing. So look for ways in your life that you can become a regular in a public place. Uh, with social media, with technology, it's so easy to stay confined into your house and like never have to leave. I mean, my gosh, you can get Uber Eats. You don't even have to go out to get food. So think about ways that you can be out and about not just randomly, but regularly. Maximize the potential for encountering the same people um, in a public place on a regular basis. And that can kind of be an icebreaker, right? Like, you know, you start with, you see the same person in the coffee shop every morning. You just say, hey, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, good to see you. You know, and then maybe something happens that you can strike up a conversation about. You know, maybe um, there's some, some kind of a, I don't know, national event. You can comment on, you know, holiday coming up, uh, the weekend's coming up. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? You know, just casual and, and then kind of build from there. It doesn't have to be this like explosive thing, but try to creatively think of ways that you can be in the same place at the same time on a regular basis and potentially encounter the same people who are doing the same thing. So that's my January challenge for you. I'd love to hear your feedback in terms of like, what place have you decided to become a regular at? And how is it going? Are you encountering other potentially eligible uh, singles also in the wild who are there? Um, so best of luck to you. Uh, yeah, I don't really see a downside of this challenge. Like maybe it doesn't work in the ter- in terms of like it doesn't land you any dates, but like it gets you out of the house. It gets you into a routine. I see no downside. All right. We're going to take a break and then we are going to talk about the ick. This is going to be good. is a kind of new term. It was funny. I posted some surveys on my Instagram to ask people about the ick. And there were a few people who, who DM'd me saying like, I don't, what is this? <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is this a TikTok thing? I'm like, maybe, but I'm not on TikTok. Um, the ick is 
more of a female-centric term. Um, it is basically the feeling you experience when somebody who you like or are attracted to do does something that like instantly makes you not attracted to them. But we're not talking here about substantial things. It's not like you really like somebody and then they, I don't know, like make fun of a disabled person and you're like, oh gosh, what is wrong with you? Like, we're not talking about actual like moral failings. Um, We're talking about like really insignificant things. So like there's some funny viral videos that I have no idea what the origins of them are, but like I'll be like, yeah, it gives me the ick when I see a guy trying to like put a fitted sheet on a bed or it gives me the ick when I saw my boyfriend jumping on a trampoline or you know, just something really stupid. Okay. So I want to talk about this concept of the ick and how it could be hindering us in dating. And um, I'll share some results of a survey that I put out on Instagram. Um, so to kind of like round out our definition of the ick, um, I, you know, I asked people to define what the ick is. I'll just briefly read a couple of these. Uh, someone said a turn off, something that disgusts you, uh, cringe, the feeling you get when the vibe feels off, unattractive trait or disposition, gut reaction, turn off, slight disgust, uh, something that's tolerable to someone else, but gets in your head. And you can't see past it. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great way to phrase it. Um, something that drives you mad that totally turns you off from being able to see a man in a positive way. Uh, not necessarily a red flag, just a personality trait that is a major turnoff, something superficial that turns you off from a guy. Um, cringy. Yeah. Primal repulsion. <laughs> I like that. So you, you get the idea. Okay. We're not talking about major character flaws. We're talking about like very superficial things. So like, here are some examples of like things that like, I kind of have like a knee jerk ick about like, um, if a man wears sandals in any situation outside of the beach, I'm just like, Ugh. or if a man is really a cat, I'm like, mm, no, no. I mean, these are stupid things, right? These are not significant things. And, and I don't think, I think we need to examine the ick because we don't want our icks to be holding us back from actually a really good connection because of something very superficial. So the majority of women said that they were familiar with the concept of the ick. And the majority of women had also said that the they've, they've gotten the ick and like couldn't move past it. So here are some examples of icks that these women surveyed could not move past. Chewed with his mouth open. Would interrupt me when he disagreed with something I said. Had bad table manners, smacking, food on face, etc. ADHD fidgeting at mass. Made me feel uncomfortable. Nice guy, good friend, but did not want to be one-on-one with him. Um, I saw him riding a bike. <laughs> Made inappropriate jokes. See, like, I think that's valid. Um, you know, maybe if, maybe if they make an off-color joke here and there, you can kind of say, okay, you know, we don't always think before we speak, or maybe we should have a different sense of humor. But, like, if it's a constant thing, especially, like, sexual jokes, it's like, mm, okay. Um, sweaty palms. <laughs> feminine movement, such as hands on hips. Um, wanted to take a selfie with me on our first date to show his friends how beautiful I was. Was balding, had a huge bald spot, and refused to shave his head. Um, showed me pictures of his ex-wife to show me she had a model's body. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so here's what I think is happening 
in terms of the ick. Now, now, if it's things that are like actual, like hygiene related things, you know, if the person has very bad body odor or very bad breath, like I'm not just saying like on a one off occasion, but like it's a habitual thing. Or if the person, you know, just has other like kind of gross, uh, like has poor um, like hygiene or like grooming habits, you know, I think that's kind of one thing. But we're talking about these very spontaneous things, right? You saw him riding a bike, <laughs> okay? You know, he's fidgeting at mass. Here's what I think is happening with the ick. Um, female attraction, like the, if the experience of attraction as a female, I, I think is very, one, I think it's very dependent upon where we might be sort of like in our, our monthly cycle. Like there is a time of the month when you are just much more attracted to men in general And there's a time of the month when you are like much more repulsed by men in general. And it's not our fault. Okay. Like we're not just being finicky. Like we have these different hormones that rise and fall throughout the month. And it's supposed to happen that way. You're supposed to have, you know, a surge of progesterone or a dip in estrogen or, you know, women even have testosterone, believe it or not. Uh, And that's something that probably more so fuels attraction. But I think that can be part of the reason why the intensity of our attraction can change like it's this is not like something I can scientifically prove I mean I guess you could do a study on it but like (laughs) if you saw the same guy riding a bike at one point in the month versus another point of the month like your reaction might be if not completely different maybe the the um the ick would not be as strong as it was depending on where you were in your cycle and I really I know this sounds crazy but I really think there's something to it And I also think that if you were to talk to your married friends, like almost any married woman and say, like, are there things your husband does that gives you the ick? She would probably be able to every woman. I think every married woman would be able to list probably 10 things off the top of their head that like their husbands do that they're just like. And again, we're not talking about moral failings. We're not talking about deep character flaws. We're just talking about personality quirks or even like something about their appearance in a particular moment where they don't seem as you know, cool as, as they might seem in our, in their ideal moment. I think another issue with the ick is I think as, you know, it's hard to generalize, but I think women, like, I think we tend to kind of live in our imaginations a little bit more. Like, I think there's something to that ability to sort of fantasize with our imagination where we can, I almost like build up this somewhat artificial perception of like the ideal guy and then if he like does one thing that doesn't fit with our idealized imagination or fantasy or like narrative that we've made in our mind it's sort of like uh you know the cartoon where you have like this bubble and then like it pops and it's like wait a second I don't know about this um this doesn't jive with my my fantasy you know I've had this happen sometimes where like I'll meet a guy on an app and like we'll be texting and like the texting energy or the texting vibe doesn't match like the vibe when we first meet in person, like the person will be really witty over text or like really communicative. And like, I'll meet him in person for the first time and they'll be like kind of shy or kind of awkward. And like that can throw me off. But at the same time, it's like, well, texting is kind of a one dimension, one dimensional type of communication. Some people are very just verbally, you know, very good verbally. Also, it just is like inherently nerve wracking and awkward to meet a stranger on a date for the first time. And so like 
I think there I can look back and say like there are times where I probably should have given someone a little more grace just because they didn't come off as like cool and charming and like funny as I thought they were going to. You know, and and I think that's why online dating is so difficult um, because we're looking to kind of be wowed from the get go and not acknowledging just sort of the weirdness of the situation in the beginning. You know, when, when people who are in the same friend group or in the same circle kind of know each other and then start dating, like they've just become used to the sort of idiosyncrasies of that person, you know, some of their quirks or they've seen them in different situations, like wearing different things and dress different ways. And, you know, I don't know, like a, a good hair day, a bad hair day. And like, they're not really like nitpicking it. They've just kind of become accustomed to those, those minor changes. Whereas like when someone's a new person, like they're so new to you and you're really only seeing them physically in the flesh, like, you know, a handful of times, like you can be so much more hyper-focused on those things because you're not used to them at all. Like you're trying to get like, like, who is this person actually? What are they actually like? What do they actually even really look like? You know, you haven't become accustomed to them yet. So I think these things can stand out in, in much more of like a sharp contrast. So I think it's it's a it's an opportunity for for the women who are listening to kind of give themselves a little reality check when it comes to these situations where we, we get like the ick um, to say, OK, let me step back here. Do I enjoy spending time with this person? Do I think that they are gen like objectively an attractive person? Like I'm, I, I think they're I'm, I'm attracted to them. It's not just like in this one situation where he's like, uh, you know, like wearing this hideous pair of shoes. Can you kind of take the the long view, the broad view? You know, is there a way that you can stop putting so much pressure on the sky to fulfill your your dreams and your fantasies? Um, what's funny is I think unfortunately there's a lot of women who go in the opposite direction where they will totally idealize a guy who has so many actual red flags. Like, they will make all kinds of excuses for him as to why he doesn't follow through with things he says or why he um, blew up and got really angry or, um, you know, they'll just kind of, like, make all kinds of excuses for him as to, like, why he's not behaving in a reasonable and mature way and and what's I think is sometimes true in those cases I don't think it's always true but like sometimes that guy like he might never give them the ick in those superficial ways like this is kind of like the bad boy trope where it's like oh you know he's sort of cool confident dangerous exciting like he's never gonna do anything quote-unquote dorky um like go to an I don't know an anime convention or something (laughs) Um, so you're never going to get the ick about these superficial things, like in terms of maybe like raw, almost, I don't know, sexual appeal, but like, there's so many more legitimate things that are, you were totally overlooking. Now, I also asked women, um, was there ever a time you got the ick, realized it had been over something dumb and were able to move forward with the guy? Um, and only a couple of people actually said yes. And the things, and then I asked you like, okay, what was that thing that you got the ick over that you were able to move past? Um, And the two answers I got, one person said, um, it was really awkward and almost got along too well with my dad. Okay, that's actually cute. Like, I really think that's cute. Like, I actually think it's great if a guy gets along with your dad. 
I mean, assuming your dad is like a good person and, you know, not kind of like a deadbeat. Like, I actually think that's great. Um, but I can see how you might be a little bit like, wait a second, because you're not into your dad. So if a guy is too much like your dad, you might be like, what? Um, ew. And then someone said, um, he didn't cut his finger or toenails. I actually, I didn't actually move past it. I convinced him to cut. See, okay. And I think that's reasonable. For whatever reason, some guys might not have the best grooming habits, but some of them are very correctable. Okay. Fingernails, toenails, very correctable. Uh, so, you know, I guess to the guys, like, maybe have a little humility if a girl brings up something like that to just say, oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes guys can be less sensitive to those things. Like, I think as a woman, oof, yeah, I can see how it would be very, um, like, off-putting if a guy told you something about your appearance that you should correct. I don't know. This is tricky. <laughs> you know, I don't know if things are always equitable, I guess, at the end of the day. And then I, I last I asked, is the ick a death sentence for a budding relationship? And it was it was about 60-40, um, but more people did say no than yes. So I think that means that, like, there is something with the ick that can be overcome. I think that's why it's important just to take a very holistic view of attraction and to like to really know what the core core values that you're looking for are, the core characteristics that you're looking for are um, and kind of have them all together. So you have like that physical attraction. I don't think you should discount that. And I think often the it can be something that kind of dings against that in a very superficial way. Um, but then you have like like kind of mental intellectual attraction. Like do you kind of connect with each other on an intellectual level you have their personality personality attraction you have like faith and values um you know do you have the same the same morals um same spiritual beliefs you know emotional attraction like do you just connect on that deeper level so kind of take all these things in stride and realize that you're probably not going to be 100 percent like wildly magnetically drawn to the person at every moment of the day, especially every moment of the month, um, given the kind of hormonal cycle. And and it might be good to talk to some married friends and get their perspective on on the ick. And if you're one of if you're like one of my married listeners, I would love to hear from you. Like if you wanna call or text a hotline or send a DM and say like, what is something about your husband that gives you the ick now or maybe gave you the ick when you were dating? And kind of how do you how do you deal with that? Because I I guarantee there's a lot of women out there who will, will say, oh yeah, I can't stand that my husband does X Y and Z. Um, and again, I've said this m- several times, but like we're not talking about deep moral failings. We're just talking about silly superficial things. Um, now, do the do men experience the ick? I don't. So, okay. So when I asked this on Instagram, more said, much more said yes than no, but then not a lot of guys were able to elaborate. And my suspicion is that like guys do get turned off by things like that about women, but I don't think it's the same. Like, I don't think the idea of the ick that women experience is the same as the turnoffs that men experience. You know, when I asked, has a woman ever given you an ick that you couldn't move past? Like all the guys... Only a few guys responded, but all of them did say yes. And then when I asked, like, what it was that they couldn't move past, I only got one response, um, but I will share. And this person said, 
dressing immodestly and seeking attention on social media, unhealthy need for validation. And so this is kind of what, what, like, why I think that the guy version of the ick is not the same as the girl version of the ick, because this is something that is a little more substantial on the one hand, like, but also maybe a little bit more of, of a preference. Like, I think there's a certain type of religious guy that has more, like, strong preferences for, for modesty um, and can kind of be more nitpicky about that. And then I also think, like, okay, if you, if you, I mean, yeah, like, girls are in general more likely to post on social media and post pictures of themselves on social media. But if it looks like it's excessive and it does kind of belie, like, a need for validation, a need for attention, I do think... You know, that's something that could be a concern. Um, I don't think it's a red flag necessarily, but it may be a yellow flag. Like, okay, is there a self-esteem issue? Is there a confidence issue? Is there some sort of unmet, like, need for love? And, and you know, maybe, like, the, the worst-case scenario could be, like, you know, is there is this hint at the potential for, like, infidelity because she might seek validation outside of our relationship? So, yeah, but, like, I just think that's kind of different from what the – women experience when they say the ick. Um, I also asked guys if there was a time they got the ick about a girl and kind of realized it was dumb, but were able to move past it. And just one guy said, yes. I'm hoping he was responding to this prompt in general. (laughs) He gave me a whole list. He said, facial hair, Cankles, bad taste in music, man hands, a deep voice, and sandals with socks. Okay, so yeah, so maybe some of those things are legitimate icks. You know, the socks with sandals, uh, the taste in music. Like, okay, she can wear. She's not gonna wear those shoes all the time. And in music, I just don't think that's a fundamental thing that you have to connect with someone on. I think it's nice, but I don't think. It really matters at the end of the day if you and your partner share the same taste in music. Like, yeah, I just think that's so minor. Now, like, facial hair on a woman, I I guess it depends on how bad it was. Because, like, every woman is going to have some kind of, you know, peach fuzz or hairline that might be not perfect. But I do think that as a woman... If you if you got hair growing on your face in a very visible way, listen, <laughs> some people will disagree with me, but I'm kind of of the mind, like, you should take care of it. Like, if you got a little mustache coming in, wax it, bleach it, tweeze it. I don't, you know, I mean, listen, like, it's not a sin, okay? It's not a sin to, like, keep that facial hair but I don't think but there are there are some people out there who almost treat it like it's a sin to like get rid of it like oh you're not honoring God's perfect creation like I think that's so dumb because one for guys I mean they they will shave facial hair just based on like what style they want to have like some guys want a beard some guys don't want a beard um but also like look at nature like is it a sin to mow your grass is it a sin to weed your your flowers or your weed your garden is it a sin to trim the hedges on a on a bush to make it more symmetrical is it a sin to prune the rose bush no or or is it like dishonoring god's creation no like we can make these modifications obviously it can get to an unhealthy point with with your body where you know you're getting plastic surgery and you're like you're totally distorting like the natural kind of look that you were given but these kind of 
you know, moderate grooming habits, I don't think is something that we should be like upset over. Um, yeah. And then I asked guys, if a woman told you something you did gave her the ick, would you change it? I, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't get a lot of responses here. Like the guys, I mean, I have way more female followers on Instagram than male followers, but it's a lot of guys will like look at the polls and not respond, which like, come on, I need this. This is science. Okay. We're all trying to help each other out here in the dating realm. So um, don't be shy about doing a little click, click. But yeah, if you said yes, uh, more said yes than no, but not, not enough really responded for me to be like, this is a legitimate sample size. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I think this is where girls can kind of get insecure. Cause like if we get the ache about something really stupid about a guy, we kind of worry that the guy's getting an ache about something really stupid about us. Like if he sees me riding a bike or I don't know, wearing a helmet, um, or some kind of minor thing where you don't look pretty and cool in the moment. I think most guys are, are more able to look past that stuff. I think for, for a man, it's going to be something more, more substantial. I don't know. I, I want to hear from you, you know, whether you're a guy or a girl, like give me your feedback on the ick. Give me your feedback on a real time situation where you encountered the ick. Now, now I think with, with men, okay, this is what I see. I've seen this a lot on social media and it's hard to know how much this correlates to like guys in real life where it's just like this small, very vocal cohort of like anonymous e-boys who probably don't have that much to offer women yet expect everything in return where they will like overly criticize a woman's postpartum body or, you know, women having some kind of physical imperfection. She doesn't look like some AI generated porn star model. Um, You know, they don't understand even that, like, women's bodies, like, they literally fluctuate throughout the month. Like, there are times in the month where women get very bloated, like, before our period, and, like, we look like we're first trimester pregnant. You know, and then I just think there's guys, like, don't understand that, um, who just, their brains are just warped by these, like, perfect airbrushed models. So, like, you know, men, I think, might need to become more realistic about what a real woman looks like. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to be attracted to every woman on the planet, but to know that what we see in magazines, it's not just that those are rare, like rare instantiations of like human beings, but like they're generally not real at all. Like the amount of editing and airbrushing on every photo, whether they're erasing wrinkles or cellulite or just some kind of whatever thing. I I think those are the things that, that guys need to kind of like get over. Um, just as like a girl needs to get over some of these superficial things that, that give us the ick. Like, yeah, I think women can live in fantasy land kind of in the narratives we make in our minds. And I think men can live in fantasy land in terms of like the images they see online or like in media and, and think that there are even actual women who look like that. Yeah. All right. I think that's all I have to say about the ick. So, um, take a break. And then I have one advice question that I'll answer at the end. Just a reminder that you can always uh, submit comments and questions via the hotline. If you're wondering what happens when you call the hotline, it just goes straight to a voicemail. Like, I'm not going to answer and be like, hello. It's just a voicemail where you can leave a recorded message and then I'll play that message on the show. Um, Or you can text in and it's just like texting an ordinary number. You know, I have an app. So like sometimes, you know, a couple of times 
a week I check the app and I'll, and I might give you like a, just a short response. Like, Hey, thanks. I'll answer this question on the show this week or, or something like that. So definitely take advantage of the hotline or you can send a DM on Instagram at any time. And then on Tuesdays, I always put question boxes up for you to submit questions either uh, for dating advice or questions for me or I guess comments too. Yeah. Um, okay. So somebody asked a question. They said, best tools to help aid in relationship building. So I'm assuming that this is referring to people who are already in a relationship and want that relationship to grow. So I think two ways. One, or two general ways. One would be to grow in the kinds of experiences that you share together. And two would be to grow in the kinds of things you reveal about yourself, like in conversation to one another. So in terms of experiences, I think it would be really important at some point to travel together, whether it's a road trip or you're flying somewhere together, but like to experience kind of the the chaos of travel with another person, to experience that extended time of being with them when you're not necessarily doing something fun or something date-like or romantic-like, I think that would be a really great way to like build your relationship. You know, depending on how close you live to, to one another, especially if you're long distance, spend like a more extended period of time together, you know, spend a week with them. Uh, maybe that means like you go on vacation with one of your families Maybe you do take a trip together and spend that extended time together. But yeah, I think travel would be a great way. And then go through some of the other aspects of life with them too. Um, visit each other's families and see what that person is like with their family. And, and hopefully you're able to spend multiple occasions with each other's families and not just like a quick like dinner sort of thing. Spend time with one another's friends and see how they interact with people in their social circle. And, and ho- again, hopefully do this more than once so you can see all those sides of them come out. And then something that you can't necessarily create this scenario, but hopefully it would come up at some point in the course of a relationship. And that and that's why I think it's, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say like, this is what you should do because I know so many people who didn't do it this way and I guess things are fine, <laughs> you know? But that's why I think it's, it can never hurt to not rush in the relationship and really like not feel like, okay, like we love each other. Let's get engaged right away. And and that's because the more time you spend with that person, the more time things will happen, like kind of negative life events that you'll have the opportunity to walk through them and see how that person deals with really, um, you know, challenging life events. You know, it could be being with them long enough to where one or both of you has gotten sick you know, I'm not necessarily saying anything serious like a hospitalization, although, you know, we can't always predict those things. But like being able to kind of walk through an illness with that person, being able to walk through, you know, maybe the death of a family member. Again, we don't hope for these things, but we know that at some point in life, those things will be inevitable. Um, and so it's nice if you can kind of kind of share that that grief and 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 see how your your partner like responds to those kinds of things, you know, other stresses of life. So, um, you know, unlike travel or seeing friends and family, like those aren't scenarios that you can create. But I just think if you're with that person for, you know, at least a year, like those things will on some level probably happen anyways. And then the other way I think you can grow a relationship is by creating more opportunities for like emotional, I guess, emotional intimacy and like just revealing things about yourself. And, you know, these things obviously 
come over time. You don't have to like share your deepest, darkest secrets early on. But as you get to like a more secure place in the relationship and it gets more serious and it starts to be like, okay, this could really like we could be really moving towards engagement. Um, you want to be very intentional about the questions that you're asking. Ask them about, you know, are there things in their childhood that were painful? Um, are there things in their family relationships that they struggle with? Um, what are some of their fears that they have about relationships, about marriage, about the future? Like, what are the things that they worry about? Ask them more deeply about their spiritual life. Um, you know, not just like, do you pray? How do you pray? But like, what are some things that you feel God has said to you in prayer? You know, what are some of the things you've wrestled with in your faith? You know, at some point you do want to talk about like, you know, struggles with sin and, and saying like, well, what, you know, are there sins in your past that you really struggle with? Like, are there things I should be aware of? You definitely want to know about past relationships at some point. You know, there, there's a lot of good resources out there, like kind of like books, I guess, for like engaged couples. Uh, often They're often for engaged couples. I guess they could be for anybody, but like kind of questions to know this person better. Um, so I just think you want to like make sure that you're sort of probing the deeper core emotional parts of the person because I I think those things when they're sort of lie dormant like they can kind of manifest in in unexpected ways like later on in a relationship. So it's good to have like a real awareness of that, you know, to know like hey, tell me about your your mental health and are there things you struggle with? You know, how do you deal with like the darker emotions of sadness or anger or, um, you know, loneliness, things like that. So just like make sure you're really traversing that like deeper territory. You know, again, not right away. This is if you're much more in deeper in a relationship. I mean, I think a lot of these things will come up naturally and like kind of think about like a spiral. Like maybe the first time you talk about that topic, you're kind of surface level and then you know, the spiral goes around and maybe the next time you talk about that topic, you know, it's a little deeper and the next time it's a little deeper. Like it can be very organic, but you know, sometimes you do have to be more intentional about it. So, um, that those would be my suggestions about how to like deepen a relationship. Cool. All right. Well, great stuff. Uh, next time you hear from me, it will be the year of 2024. Oh my word. Oh boy. All right. Um, hope everybody has a great weekend, rest of your week. And remember to, uh, follow me at the Catholic Bachelorette. Um, also make sure you're subscribed and not just listening, but actually have hit the follow button on Apple or Spotify. And I'd love it if you left me a five-star review. That'd be super awesome. All right. Until next time, God bless.